Uh, greetings to all in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I would like to thank, in the beginning, Malayali Pentecostal Association, trustees and committee members for extending this invitation to speak in this June session. Especially, I want to thank Pastor Dorney, uh, who gave me a call, who gave me all the instructions that I needed. And I really want to thank you for that. And above all, I am so privileged to carry this word of God and to serve each and every youth that is in this session. The one thing I, 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 I really want to appreciate the members of this conference is, I'm so glad to see how important or how much importance you're giving for the word of God. Because today, in most of the churches or most of the conferences, one thing that we don't see is the time for the word of God is very less. But here, I can see that there is so much of importance that you're giving for the word of God. And I believe this will help the youths to live their life depending on the word of God. Just like we heard from Pastor Bobby, you know, brokenness in our life, the humbleness in our life is so important as we walk with Jesus. Only as we humble ourselves do we receive the grace of God. I believe even as I share the word of God, I pray that the Lord will bring the word of God together because the beauty of seeing the spirit of God working is to see everything coming together in his way. So I believe the Lord will speak to you even as I minister through the word of God. So uh, I pray that you would take your Bible, pick up your book, a pen, so that whatever the Lord is speaking to you, so that you can write it down. The reason why I said is that because the word of God, the word says it is life and it is spirit. See, there are times as youths, when we hear the word of God, we always say, oh, the word of God is hard. The word of God is tough. I don't understand everything. But let me tell you something. See, if you would listen to the word of God, even if you don't understand it, because it is life and because it is spirit, the word that you hear is not missed. It will be inside of you. It is working a life within you. And not only that, as you grow, the spirit of God will bring this word of God to remembrance. See, I believe when Jesus was teaching the disciples, I'm sure they did not understand everything that the Lord was teaching them. But yet that is why he said, every word that I'm speaking to you, it is spirit. So that is why Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit will come, he will bring into remembrance what I have taught you. So today, whatever age you are, I pray that you will listen to the word of God. I pray that you would speak to God. Lord, would you speak with me? Would you invest this word of God? Would you deposit this word of God into my spirit? See, because I believe in the word of God so much. See, because I've, I've passed this youth age and what kept me all throughout my life was the word of God. And that is why I really appreciate the committee members for putting a lot of time for the word of God. I pray that God will bless each one of us. I pray that let us bring our attention to 1 Corinthians 6 verses 20. 1 Corinthians 6. Verses 20. I will read it for you. For we are brought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's property. See, when we look at this word, it says like this, you and I are bought with a price. In other words, you and I have a price. Now, why did God have to pay a price for each one of us? 
when you read Ephesians 2, 1 to 4, you see this, where Paul starts saying that you and I were dead in sins, or you and I were dead because of sins. And one of the greatest thing about Paul is, whenever he writes a letter, he always reminds us of who we were in the past, and then talks to us about who we are now. In the same way, when you read Ephesians 2, you see, Paul says that you and I were sinners and we walked in the course of this world, ruled by the spirit of this world. So in other words, you and I, when we were sinners, we lived our life according to the passions and desires of our evil nature. So in other words, we have passions, we have evil desires in us, we have dreams that comes out of our evil nature. But the word of God says like this, but God who was great in his mercy and in his tender love, through his amazing grace, send his begotten son for us so that you and I would believe in his name and we will have the power to become the sons of God. What an amazing privilege. See, many times we have this question. God, Jesus, who was a God, he became a man. Why? I like the illustration of Billy Graham. He gives an illustration by saying, when you look at an ant, I'm sure you, you see ants over your houses. So when you look at an ant, and the ant is walking through, maybe through your table or maybe through the ground. And then when you look at the ant, you see the ant is walking to the danger place. Now, you know this is going to be in danger. Now, what do you do? You, can you try speaking to the ant? No, the ant does not understand. So you keep your hand on the ground. Now, what does the ant do? It walks over your hand. So now if you're trying to blow the ant, it's so weak. So now there is no other options. The only option that you have in front of you is that you need to be an ant so that you can tell the ant what he's walking into. See, this is not a theology. You don't bring out a theology out of this. This is just an illustration for you and I to understand why did Jesus come down to us? He left heaven and he came down to us so that you and I would believe in his name and understand how to walk in this earth. I like the quote of a man called Reynold Ravenhill. He's a British evangelist. He says the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle is to choose an unholy man from an unholy world and make him a holy man and put him back into the unholy world and keep him there. That is the greatest miracle. See, today when you and I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you and I are sitting here listening to the word of God, you and I need to know we are a walking miracle. A miracle that we are kept by God in an unholy world. Child of God, children of God, let me tell you this one word. Even if you don't see any other miracles happening in your life, I want you to know 
it is a miracle that you're standing. It is a miracle that the grace of God is working in you. And that's exactly what we were hearing before. If anyone thinks that you're standing by your strength, then you're mistaken. Today, I want to tell you, it is the grace of God that keeps us. And that is why you need to depend on the grace of God every day of your life. And as a child of God, let this be a reminder for us that you and I are bought with a price. Because you and I are bought with a price, we are no more our property. We are God's property. See, that is why I specifically said, see, before we walked according to our passion, we walked according to our desire, we walked according to our dreams. So now, how do you walk? Now you walk according to God's heart, God's desire, God's passion, and God's dream. And the word of God that you read says, and this is how you glorify God in your spirit and in your body. Today, I want to bring out some factors that we need to be careful as we walk with God. If you and I need to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, there are a lot of factors, but there were three things the Lord was specifically speaking to me. I believe this would be a blessing for you too. Would you please go to 1 Peter 2, 9 to 12. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not of you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Thank you. Thank you. So today, I want to talk to you about three things. When you hear the whole sermon, even if you don't understand anything, I want you to keep this in your heart. I want to talk to you first about stranger. You and I are called to live a stranger in this world, number one. Number two, you and I are a pilgrim who's moving in a journey through this world. Number three, you and I are the stewards of God, which God has invested certain resources to glorify God. So there are three things that we're going to meditate together. So the first portion is what we read here from verse 9 to 12. Now, do you see, you and I are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people. Now, just like I told you before, every time the apostles are always reminding us about our past tense. He's telling us, before we were not his people, but now you are his people. Before you did not receive the mercy of God, but now you have received the mercy of God. Why is he saying that? 
He's telling us so that you and I would understand you and I are not a special people because of what we did. We are not special because of what we can do. We are not special because we were born in a Pentecostal family. We are special because the mercy of God had come to me. In other words, you and I need to live this life knowing that the mercy of God is not available in my terms. It is available in God's terms. Many a times when we walk in this world, we always listen to this word where we hear God is love. You can walk the way you want. No. When you and I walk in our terms, the mercy of God is not available in my terms. That is why the word of God says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The term is not mine, the term is God's. So the word of God says, in the past, we were not his people. But today, we have certain privileges. You and I are a holy nation. You and I are a special people. You and I are a royal priesthood. Why are we selected? So that we will show forth the goodness of God. You and I have been selected so that you and I will show the goodness of God. See, it is important that you see this word. It does not say the abundance of what you have. It does not say that you might show forth your talents. It says that you might show forth the goodness of God. What does that mean? The goodness of God that was revealed in me should now be revealed through me to the world. Hallelujah. This is what the Lord is expecting from each one of us. And that is why verse 11 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I beseech you as strangers, as aliens, let me stop there for a moment. What does it mean to be a stranger in this world? Now, I know most of the youths who's listening to me are from UK. Now, when you stay there, when you talk, we walk with your friends, I'm sure you have this problem that however you speak in British English or however well you dress in the UK terms, still, they're going to tell you that you're an Indian. Am I right on that? See, whatever you do, they're still going to tell us that you are an Indian. Right? You might have a lot of UK friends. You, you might be studying in a school where there are no Indians. But it doesn't matter. Your English would be amazingly British English. You, you dress the same way like them. But the moment you start speaking with them, they're going to tell you, hey, you're an Indian. Right? In the same way, you and I are called to live in the world in such a way as a stranger, as a foreigner. See, how much ever you try to be part of the world, you and I should be noticeable to the world to say, hey, he is different, she is different. Today, as you listen to the word of God, let me ask you this question. Are you trying to confirm yourself to the world so that you become like them? See, many a times I know has used, there is a great challenge when people ask us, you're a Christian, whatever a Christian. 
See, some of it, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm not a Pentecost. You know, nobody wants to say that. Especially among the Malayalis, you know. Oh, so you are the guys who clap hands, the white and white. See, I'm glad for that things because at least in that way, I'm noticeable to the world. So many times as Jews, we have this pressure in our heart. But I want you to know, as children of God, this is part of our life. There was a vision, an open vision that Sadhu Sundar Singh had. He had an open vision with the Lord Jesus. And when he was talking with Jesus, he asked Jesus, Lord, how do we live in this world? And as usual, Jesus spoke to him in a parable. Jesus told him, just like a fish lives in the seawater, so do I expect my people to live in this world. In other words, when you get a fish from the sea, it does not have the saltiness of the seawater. In the same way, when you and I live in this world, God expects that we will not have the world inside of us. In other words, a better word is spoken in James. It says that you and I will not be sported of the world. What a strong word, sported. See, when you look at this white dress, you know, if there is a very small spot on my white dress, you can identify it. But if I wear a black dress, even if there is going to be a big spot, you're not going to understand it. So that's how much careful I need to live in this world. People of God, let me remind you once again, when you and I were paid a price to be the children of God, now he is asking us or he's telling us that you and I have a responsibility and that responsibility is that you and I will live a stranger in this world. Now, why is he saying that? Verse 11, so that you would abstain yourself from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Fleshly lust. In other words, the human nature. See, when you live in this world, the world is built in such a way that, you, yeah, that your flesh would always be attracted to the things of the world. And that is why Apostle John said like this. If you love the world or the things of the world, you do not have the love of the Father. See, you cannot love the world. You cannot have friendship with the world. But you can use the things of the world. But you cannot love it. That is what we were hearing just before. See, we need to be careful with our flesh. See, there is a lot of attraction. There is a lot of attention being given to the self and to the flesh. See, that is why when you hear positive motivational speaking, they say there is power in yourself. There is power in you. But I want to tell you, what does Jesus say? What did the apostles teach us? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I do not live. Who lives in me now? It is Jesus. So it is important that I am always careful to see that my lust will not be accommodated. That is why it is important that you live your life as a stranger in this world. Now look at the next word. Verse 12. 
Be careful how you live among your unbelieving neighbors. Now, when Peter is saying, you and I need to live as a stranger in this world, now he's telling us, you and I need to be careful how we live in this world. Where? What does the word say? In the midst of the unbelieving neighbors, the people who are close to you. You're, you're not asked to be careful in the church. You're asked to be careful in the midst of the people in whom you're surrounded. Oh, I pray that you would listen to this word today. See, many a times as youths, we try to live a careful life when we come to the church. See, I'll give you one example. I'm sure during the cold time, I'm sure you, you will not get to wear a lot of dresses because you have to wear a lot of jackets and everything. But during the summertime, see, when you wear some dresses and you come down, your parents are going to tell you, hey, we go to the church, you can't wear that. So my question is, do you have two types of dresses? One that you can live in the world and one that you can wear at the church? People of God, today let me encourage you. Live life in one way and let that life be in a way that will glorify God. Whatever you do, when you choose a dress, when you speak, when you walk, make sure you're pleasing God. You know, Paul says like this, my ambition, my goal in my life is to please God. As a child of God, let this be our ambition. Let this be the motivation of our life. And then he says like this, even when you live a godly life, they will still accuse you of doing wrong. They will see your honorable behavior and they will believe and give honor to God when he comes to judge the world. Now, do you see this? See, even if I decide to live a life that is pleasing to God, I am not expected to look to the world as if they're going to appreciate me. See, this is why I said, you do not live your life according to the ways of the church. You don't look at what the people of the church tell you. See, I'm not saying that church is not important. Church is important because as youths, we always have this tendency. Oh, what are they going to tell me? We are not concerned about what God is going to tell. We are more concerned about the people of the church. Today, I want to bring your attention to this one place. What would God talk about me? And even when I walk a godly life, what am I going to expect? The world might not appreciate what I do. See, that is what Jesus teaches us, right? The word of God says he was the light and he came to the world, yet the darkness did not comprehend him. It's another word. Why was Jesus crucified? Because darkness did not like the light. So in other words, when you and I live a holy life, the world will not like it. So don't live life so that you might get an appreciation from the world, but live life so that you get an approval from God. And then look at the next thing. It says, and during the time of visitation, they will glorify God. Oh, what a mighty word. Do you know what that testimony is? It means I have a friend 
and we were walking together but when i started walking with jesus i started walking away from him and then my friend started asking me why are you behaving in such a manner what you did in the past you're not doing it anymore why are you being so religious now he started talking against me but yet i kept silent and i walked away he persecuted me he tried his best to make me talking but i'm not doing anything but do you know the greatest testimony is this a day maybe after years maybe after days maybe after months when god visits him the first thing that he will remember is this one thing i know a man who walked with god child of god that is the testimony the testimony that you hear now or you want to hear the testimony that when people will be visited with god today i pray that you would look to the word of god that you will you will focus yourself to please god and you will put your heart to live in this world as a stranger i i want to close this part by saying a quote by rodney smith he says like this there are five gospels there are five gospels matthew mark luke john and the christian many will not read the first four in other word there are many people who will never read matthew mark luke and john but our neighbors our unbelieving neighbors our best friends our close friends our school friends our colleagues are going to read you and me because we are the epistles of christ so my first thing is you and i are a stranger in this world now let's go to number 2 i want you to go to hebrews 11 13 to 16 hebrews 11 13 to 16 all these people were still living by faith when they died they did not receive the things promised they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own if they had been thinking of the country they had left they would have had the opportunity to return instead they were longing for a better country a heavenly one therefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he has prepared a city for them thank you let's start with the verse 13 these all died in faith not have received the promises so the second point that i want to talk to you is about pilgrims you and i are pilgrims who are passing through this world see look at this word you will see three words specifically spoken in this verse 13 the first one and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth so you and i are pilgrims so in other word what i want to tell you is you and i are on a journey our life is a journey see if you will understand this one part i'm sure your life is going to be very easy 
See, many a times as youths, we always have a lot of challenges. See, from the moment we start studying, it doesn't matter what age we are, we always have this pressure to do the best. And then whenever we ask, we always get this one word, the more you study, the more better you study, you're going to do better in job, you're going to get a good job, you're going to get in a good college, and the pressure keeps going up and up. But today, I want to bring a new perspective into your heart. This life is a journey. What do I mean by that? It means this life is for you to know and understand God. Jeremiah 9 says like this, let not the wise man praise or glorify because he has wisdom. Let not the strong man glory because he has strength. Let not the rich man glory because he has riches. But to this one man I delight that he understands and knows me. Child of God, let me tell you, let this be your perception. That this life is a journey. A journey where you will have failures. A journey where you will have success. A journey where you will have breakdowns. A journey where you will be discouraged. But one thing is for sure. Because you are a pilgrim, you are not alone. Let me give you another, another example. See, you... I said that we're thinking on this portion of a pilgrim. Now just imagine for a moment, you are planning to come to India. So from UK, you're planning to pick up a flight and come to India. So now that's a, a close to 10 to 11 hours of journey. So I'm sure everyone who listens to me, you have been in a flight. But how many of you have complained that there is a turbulence in the plane? And so you are not planning to take a flight next time. Will we complain? I'm sure we're not going to do that. Why? Why are we not complaining about it? Because we know when we take a flight, we expect turbulence. We expect it. And not only that, there are times when we journey, we do have a lot of issues. See, some of us, we our sleeps are not going to be well. Some of us, we don't like traveling on that way. But yet, we will pick up this flight. Why? Because the concern is not about the plane or the journey or anything. The only one thing that we give importance is to the destination point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that is why the word of God says, this is what they were pursuing. What was their pursuit? To the heaven. They had a pursuit. See, this is why we are different from the world. See, when you... Look at your friends. You will see people pursuing career. You will see people pursuing status. You will see people pursuing riches. But what is our pursuit? It is heaven. And not only that. They embraced this one thought. They embraced it. What does that mean? It means whenever they go through trouble, they embrace this thought that this journey is for a very little time. Hallelujah. See, today, if any one of you are going through problems, I want you to know this is not the end of the lifeline. The one who has called us is with us. 
hold on to him even if you do not hear a prophetical word even if you do not hear anything if you have decided to walk with god like a pilgrim you are not alone and that is why the word says they confessed that they are pilgrims hallelujah in other word whenever they walk whatever they do they always kept saying i am a pilgrim hallelujah hallelujah today would you say that about your life that i am on a journey the next thing that's why you see in verse 14 they declared plainly that they seek a country i know that my time is going let's go to uh, verse 15 but and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out they might have had an opportunity to have returned so the second thing that i want to talk to you is they were mindful that they were a pilgrim let me let me just break this out so that you can understand it now the example that i talked to you before that you are picking up a flight from uk to india so now the moment you decide that what do you do you go to mns or maybe you go to tesco you go and purchase a lot of things because there are certain, there are a lot of things that you need you know because some things you don't get in india so you you want to buy a lot of things for yourself and then you want to buy a lot of things for your cousins for your relatives for your friends in india so you got everything and you came back home now you started packing your luggage and the moment you started packing your luggage what happens you're only supposed to take close to 70 pounds of luggage now you need to be mindful of that right when you pack you can't bring in everything you can't say i'm going to pay money you 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 fly in a business class or you fly in an economy class still there is a requirement in other word in this journey you need to be mindful See if you're mindful when you take a flight a 10 hour journey if you're mindful of your luggage if you're mindful of your health how many of you would eat full stomach when you're traveling i'm sure nobody is going to do that because you don't want your stomach to get upset many people will eat only a little bit many of them would sleep early why because they don't want the journey to be canceled they are mindful children of god are you mindful as you live in this world when you make friends when you go and sit with your friends and talk things are you mindful that you are not allowed to talk certain things you're not allowed to do certain things always as a youth we have a question i'm a christian so what is the problem if i live like them the problem is you and i are on a journey they are not in a journey that's the difference the third thing every pilgrim should have a map right without a map you cannot reach anywhere ephesians 1 says that you and i are sealed with the holy spirit see i love this word of god so much because it is always advanced see today when when we talk about map we what do we talk about a map is for us like a gps right on our phone in our car we have a gps child of god do you know you have a gps you and i are sealed with the holy spirit and this is the gps that we have see this is why when you walk in this world 
always make sure you're guided by the spirit. There is an inner GPS that you have. Never, ever walk away from the voice of God. Walk with him. Look at the GPS. Understand it. Meditate the word of God so that you update the GPS. See, you, everyone knows that, right? See, you need to update the GPS. How do you update your GPS? It's by meditating the word of God. It is by learning and obeying the word of God that you will update the GPS. People of God, you and I are a pilgrim. Let me stop this one portion by saying a quote. It says, the world is a bridge. The wise man will pass over it and he will not build a house on the bridge. Did you hear what I said? The world is a bridge. Please do not use that bridge to build a house. Use that bridge like a wise man to pass over to heaven. Now, I want to go to the third portion. Please read Luke 12, 41 and 47. Luke 12, 41 and 47. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. Okay, thank you. Now, the third thing that I want you to see is you and I are stewards. What does it mean to be a steward? I will, I will explain the word fast with an example so that I will not go to explicit the word. Now, just imagine there is an elder brother and there is an younger sister. Okay, So the parents are going for a job. So parents call, dad and mom calls the elder brother and say, you see, now we are going early morning, we have jobs, so you have to take care of your younger sister. So all the food is ready. It's all there in the fridge. At 10 o'clock, make sure you have your breakfast. And by 12.30, make sure your younger sister gets a shower and have your lunch. Okay, so by two o'clock, your mom is gonna come back, okay? So now, who's in control here? It is the elder brother. Now he's the steward of the house. Does he own the house? No, he does not own the house. Does he own everything? No, he does not own anything. All that is there is the father's. But now do you see there were three things that were spoken. Who's the wise servant? A wise servant is one who knows the will, prepares the will, and does the will. Now, in other words, now the elder brother, now if he has to bring the breakfast at 10 o'clock, what should he do? He should make sure to take the food from the fridge and microwave it at least by 9.45 so that by 10 o'clock, the foods are ready on the table. So in other words, he's preparing the will. Do you see that? He knows the will at 10 o'clock, we need to have breakfast. But at 9.45, he's preparing it and now he's obeying it. See, as two words of Christ, you and I need to know the will of God. That is why we always spend a lot of time on the word of God. So that you and I will understand what is the will of God. And not only that, we need to prepare ourselves so that we can obey the will of God. This is a very important thing. See, you and I are stewards. What do we have? Our talents is God-given. Our education is God-given. 
everything that we have is god given and about everything i believe time Jesus. is the greatest asset that god has given us time is the greatest asset every one of us be it wise be it successful be it a failure whatever you are you ha- all have a 24 hour time today as you listen to the word of god if any one of you are going through a hard time maybe in your life you feel that you're a failure maybe you feel that your life does not have a meaning let me give you this encouragement just like everyone god has given you a time will you please use that time to sit in the presence of god a day will rise up where you will see the hand of god moving through your life as i close my word let me finish it with one story this was a story that i read about a missionary called henry morrison he had worked in africa for more than 15 years and he was coming back to us and as he was coming back to the us through the ship he saw a lot of people on the shore and they were singing and they were smiling and they were waving their hands henry morrison was so happy he told his wife oh all the people have come to welcome us but just when the ship was closer to the shore he saw a dignitary walking out of the ship and all the people were waiting for the dignitary henry morrison was very discouraged he was so sad because the dignitary had went to africa for a holiday trip he went there to hunt animals that was the spot now the people had come to the shore to receive him so henry morrison told his wife we have worked all these years for god and there is nobody to welcome us his wife told him many things to encourage him but nothing went through after days and days one day he came to the breakfast table and he was smiling and his wife asked him what happened and then he said this thing as i was sitting with the lord i sensed the lord standing just behind me and he kept his hand on my shoulder and he told me this one word henry you haven't yet reached home you haven't yet reached home today as you hear this word of god my prayer is that you will live in this world as a stranger as a pilgrim and as a steward knowing this one thing our destination is in heaven whatever you go through in life hold on to the promise of god whatever you lose or whatever you have make sure to hear this one word when we reach heaven good and faithful servant i pray that the lord will bless you i thank you for this time thank you over to pastor don